We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're going to follow me on Twitter. And it's Wednesday, September 13th. And we'll be taking a first look at the week two NFL DFS slate on DraftKings and FanDuel, as well as some early NFL props and pick them. And we'll close out the show with maybe taking a little, little preview of uh, tonight's MLB slate. Everything to get you up to speed today in DFS props and pick them. Hit that thumbs up button. Give me those thummy thumbs. I like them in the morning. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Joined in the morning all the way from the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan, Canada. Probably not in the middle of nowhere. You're somewhere. Uh, getting up early in the morning. TJ Zwarick. It's, it's, it's doing shows this early. Is is that, uh, do, you, do you need to get some coffee? I got my caffeine here ready. I got the energy flavor of uh, vitamin water. Um, but, you know, Saskatchewan in general is the middle of nowhere. Uh, but in terms of Saskatchewan, relative to Saskatchewan, I'm in the big city. You know, Saskatoon, 300,000 people. Uh, we're, we're, we're in the big city of Saskatchewan, but relative to North America, yeah, Saskatchewan is pretty much the middle of nowhere. Right. Okay. So the Saskatoon is not, I mean, maybe... Maybe four times, like I'm in Louisville and people don't realize that that's, that, you know, that's a million metro area. So, so it's a very similar type of thing. It's like, I'm not just in the backwoods of Kentucky, you know, out of some, some cabin or anything, but uh, out there in Saskatchewan, obviously, you know, you got the CFL. So we're going to be talking about the NFL today. So you you are aware TJ that, that what, what, what are the rules in CFL? Do you have like, you, you guys have an extra 20 yards or an extra an extra down, you can't, you have to throw on certain, pl- I mean, it's, it's, how are the it's rules fun. different there? It's, it's, it's mostly, it's mostly the same, except there's only three downs instead of four. Um, the defensive line lines up, has to line up like a yard off of the ball. Um, the interior receivers get to run with a, a waggle up to the line at snap so they can run towards the line of scrimmage as long as they don't cross it. Uh, end zones 25 yards instead of 10 and the field is uh, I believe 30 yards wider so it's uh 
it allows for a lot of offense, a lot of uh, spread outs. The talent's not obviously the same level as the NFL, but it's still fun. I, I don't think I've actually watched a full CFL game this year, but growing up, I uh, I had season tickets to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, so we went we went to a lot of games. Right. So if the NFL teams played by CFL rules, these totals probably would be much much higher. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> the highest total of the game this week is uh, Kansas City. Jacksonville, the Chiefs and Jaguars, 51 and a half. Then we got uh, the Minnesota Vikings. The Vi- No, Vikings-Eagles is on Thursday, so we don't have to worry about that. We'll be talking about that tomorrow for showdown. But then we got 247s, Raiders-Bills, Seahawks-Lions, and then Ravens-Bengals is 46 and a half, and then it kind of drops off a cliff. Right, Chargers-Titans, 45. But like Packers-Falcons, 40 and a half. Colts-Texans, 40. Bears, Bucks, 41 and a half. Niners, Rams, 44. Then we got we got the late games. Do, there's, I don't know if there's going to be a late late hammer. I think a lot of people will be playing games, the, the 1 p.m. Eastern set of games. The Giants, Cardinals, 39 and a half. Jets, Cowboys, 39 and a half. And the Commanders, Broncos, 38 and a half. Oh, we, still, oh, we got the, uh, the, no, the Dolphins, Patriots is the Sunday night game. Uh, does this mean, TJ, that from, from a, from a, I mean, we'll talk about stacks. We'll talk about some players because the pricing is is a little bit different, right? We always have to consider salary. Do you think people are just going to focus on, you know, the Jaguars? You know, we have Calvin Ridley, obviously turning out to be the alpha that a lot of people assumed. Kelsey may be back for that game. Are, are we going to expect a lot of people to target this Chiefs-Jaguars game? Or do you find maybe the Raiders, Bills, or Seahawks, Lions are those going to go under the radar? I mean, I mean, let, I mean, I know it's Wednesday. We're just kind of taking the first look, looking at projections. But how do you th- see the slate from a, like a forty thousand foot view shaping up right now? I do think that Kansas City Jacksonville game is likely going to get probably steamed up throughout the week. That is like the clear fun game sack to go with. I do think, especially early in the year, though, people don't full stack as much as they should. And so I still think there's going to be lots of good places we can target in that game where if everybody's just kind of running Lawrence Ridley and Kelsey say, um, I don't know if those are going to be the guys that uh, pick up the most ownership, but say they say they are, well, then I want to do, if I'm running a a Lawrence team, I want to do Lawrence with Ridley and Ingram and Zay Jones or Christian Kirk. And then I want to throw, one of Kelsey, Tony, maybe two of Kelsey, Tony, and Isaiah Pacheco on top of it and do just a full Oh, oh t- You mean Tony who can't catch a pass, Tony? Yep. That's it, are, are, are we going on the, on the Chiefs? Are, are, we, are we going? Because, I mean, I think my favorite week is week two. Yeah. Week two is like my super, is my super Bowl week because recency bias is at its highest. We only have one. People are judging stuff by just one week of what they saw. And what they saw last week was Kadarius Tony dropping a bunch of balls, not getting as many snaps because he's coming back from injury. And then Sky Moore running, having a bunch of snaps, but not doing much with it. Sky Moore is 4,100 this week on DraftKings. We go to this, uh, the Kansas City uh, Jacksonville game, where we go to our projections. I mean, Calvin Ridley, 7,200. I'm going to assume by. We just saw, if that continues, 
You have to assume that Ridley at some point is going to be like 8,500 on DraftKings. FanDuel has already priced him up to 83. He's already the second highest price receiver. Do you think that maybe, maybe that was a little bit, little bit too much of an aberration? And maybe we've seen Christian Kirk have big games. But I mean, based on the way that the Jaguars offense played, Kirk is kind of like the odd man out. At 5,100, I mean, I don't, you didn't mention him. You wanted Zay Jones, you wanted Evan Ingram, but one of, one of Kirker Jones, one of Kirker Jones is where I'd be wanting to go there. I don't want to fade Ridley because I do think he's going to be an over 8K receiver the rest of the year. Um, I think that's going to be something that continues. I drafted a ton of them in best ball. I'm high on, on Ridley this year. Um, but I do want to pair him up with like two of the three of Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. Um, heck, maybe even, maybe even Travis Etienne um, and do like the full three pass catcher stack. That's where I've kind of made my bread and butter most money in the past is if there's a chalk quarterback and I like the spot, I'm not necessarily fading them, but I'm full stacking. If everybody else is playing one receiver with them and some others are playing two, well, I'm playing three because if they're going to win the slate, it's with five touchdown passes. Um, unless it's a Jalen Hurts, unless it's a Justin Fields. Um, and so uh, I want to be absolutely loading up, full stacking them. And I'm with you. Week two or three, you take advantage of the recency bias. Those have been the weeks in the past where all these all these Funko Pops behind me and this uh, this house that I live in, those are all due to uh, week two or three fantasy football winnings. Right. All my, my, all, all my big G, GPP wins in NFL have come in the first six weeks of NFL. What I have to learn is to not play the last six weeks <laughs> on the other side of the ball for, for the chiefs. Is it going to get to the point? Are we, are we, are we, are we going to constantly go back to the chiefs The chiefs with Mahomes uh, at the helm typically as a great offense, but from a DFS standpoint, are we, are we constantly going to get whack-a-mole? People are going to go whack-a-mole with the chiefs. And it's just like either you play Kelsey or you just avoid just like there's just too many people, too many pe- eight different receivers and running backs and everything that it's quite possible that no one ever puts up a score outside of Kelsey at tight end that you would need. Right. I love them for showdown slates because there's so many options you could have you, you, less duplication in your lineups. But I mean, I'm much more likely this slate to let. If, if the, this game is going to be popular with the Chiefs having one of, if not the highest implied team total, one of, right, close, just let, let people make the Mahomes. Like, if you're going to try to do Mahomes with some other receivers other than Kelsey, just let you eat that. Where, I, where I'd want to push back on that a little is how often can you stack the best quarterback in the league with his entire offense when he's got the highest total on the slate and then still have salary to get other good players in your lineup here. I can do a Mahomes, Tony, Valdez-Scantling, Kelsey stack, running it back with tra- with uh, Calvin Ridley, throw in a cheap defense like, say, just for the purpose of this, let's say the Cardinals. And, of course, some I hit this. Something went wrong on my lineup HQ, so now i got to reload it. But now Something I'm went wrong have- with the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe maybe not Cardinals, but just a cheap defense like that uh, that you uh, you can throw in here, even say the Bears at 2,800. Well, I now have 5K remaining for my two running backs and my flex position. If I find one other cheap guy uh, 
I feel pretty comfortable with that entire team. And really all it requires is a massive Mahomes game is I'm hoping Mahomes not only throws two or three touchdowns to, uh, to Kelsey, but also one each to Mahomes to Valdez, Scantling and Tony. And like Tony was terrible last week uh, with the drops, but again, it's, this is a professional wide receiver who likely won't be quite that bad again. And he had limited snaps, but when he was out there, he was used. He got tackled at the one, one time he had two drops where, where he was just like, had wide open space in the field that he'd had a ton of uh, um, ton of space to run afterwards. They want to use him. They used him a ton last year when he was healthy. He's so cheap. It's not like these are six is having K receivers that we're taking shots on. And we don't know which one it's going to be there. We don't all, know which one it's going to be. I mean, we don't know which one it's going to be, but they're all 4,500 or less. Yeah. And but so do, like, doesn't, doesn't your, your, your thesis rely. Okay. Mahomes, let's say Mahomes throws for six touchdowns. Like a really, really high 400 yards and six touchdowns. It's quite possible that Jarek McKinnon has a touchdown, right? Noah Gray caught one, right? I, Isaiah Pacheco swing. Pa- I mean, like, it seems like, like you could, you could show me a situation where like anyone on this team, Justin Watson catches a ball. Like I, to me, it's becomes whack-a-mole. Yeah. I think Tony talent wise at 4,600 has the most likelihood of putting up a 25 point game. Or even Valdez, I mean, all the Sky Moore. I mean, you you see the the conundrum that I'm in yeah. is that like this is so much different than a team like like the Vikings or the team like like the Eagles. It's like well, if Hertz throws the ball, it's like there's three people. Like if I get if I won the triple stack, like there's three people. Like that's if I won the double stack, it's like two out of the three. Here it just feels like yeah, I know they're all cheap. But I just I could just imagine eight million ways this this goes wrong, or I need to create a hundred lineups just to have all the combination. And that's it, right? Is in an MME scenario, I think if you're doing single entry and you want exposure to this game, the chalkier but much easier way to do it is you just do your Lawrence stack, get your Ridley, you find one or two other Jags you want to throw on there, and just play Kelsey. Play Kelsey as your one run back. And then maybe your way of getting different is you play Ingram and Kelsey. You run a two tight end lineup because Ingram's so cheap anyways. Um, and then, uh, but the, the, where I'd uh, like to get a lot of KC exposure is in those MME type builds where something I'm looking to, uh, where, I, where I typically do anyways, is I'll go and I'll into uh, the player group section of lineup HQ. I'll use Patrick Mahomes as a conditional player. And I say, I want two to three, every lineup with Patrick Mahomes, I want two to three of Kelsey Valdez, Scantling, Tony, Sky Moore, Rashi Rice, whatever, uh, Jarek McKinnon, and say that, like, I want, I'll have in 150 lineups, I'll have 15 to 20 Mahomes teams, and four of them will have Rice, four of them will have Moore, seven of them will have Tony, all but two will have Travis Kelsey, that type of thing. Mr. Gerg says in chat, you do that, and it's going to be a four rushing touchdown game for CEH. Probably. <laughs> okay, let's take a look at other situations where uh, the field can possibly succumb to recency bias. And what I mean by recency bias is that we have a very small sample last week, and just because we saw it last week doesn't mean that's going to be the always the way it is. And that could work in two ways. It could work that players that look great, players that got big target shares, 
maybe don't have as big of a target share. There's ones that maybe they look poor, right? Or maybe they didn't get the right side of the, the timeshare or something. Maybe maybe that that isn't the case anymore. And it could also be, remember, what we saw last week could be what it is. It could, it could be that. So I take a look at a situation like, for instance, uh, the backfield for the Rams and the maybe the Broncos. Like we saw Kyron Williams, like, kind of run ahead of acres have a little bit more ppr value uh we have the issue with the, the baltimore right because uh jk dombins is injured they'll have gus edwards and justice hill and they're cheap and, and then melvin we have yeah well they'll call up melvin gordon yeah then javante williams clearly ran ahead of samaji p ryan are there any situations at running back we also have the mix in didn't get, I mean, he he went full ahead. I mean, Chris Evans was only on the field for seven snaps, right? So, like, people were concerned about Mixon's role. Rashad White, I think, had the highest amount of running back snaps, I think, on the entire slate last week. Of course, only got 17 for 39. Didn't didn't do much. The Tampa Bay run def- the run offense is not very good. At, are there any situations at running back that you're either looking at the first week going, hmm, maybe the field is going to think one thing and it's maybe not that way. And which ones are, we saw it once, I think it's going to continue. The one that I think the field is going to go, ah, he kind of sucked. I'm not going to look at anything. Uh, I'm not going to look at it again is Deion Jackson with India, with Indianapolis. Zach Moss probably going to be back for this one, but Evan Hall is going to be out. So it's basically going to be the exact same situation, I think, as the last one. The Colts offense was sputtering outside of Anthony Richardson doing a few crazy things. He got volume, six targets, 13 rush attempts. He just didn't go anywhere with it. He fumbled twice. He got tackled at the one-yard line. This is still going to be at bare minimum, their third down and passing game back, which makes me like him on DraftKings, getting very, very little ownership. He's somebody that I'm going to be interested in going back to the well on, even though he completely failed me in the week one. Um, Another one I'm pretty interested in is AJ Dillon going up against Atlanta because Aaron Jones absolutely lit it up, but Aaron Jones also hurt his hamstring in that last game. So if he happens to uh, be out for this one, A.J. Dillon is going to be somebody that I'm looking to get heavily overweight on. The Javante Williamses and uh, the potential timeshare guys that it went one way but could go the other way. I'm still not sure of like Javante Williams. I don't think he's somebody I'm going to want to go heavily overweight on. But Mixon, White, guys that, I do believe that's going to stay accurate and they are going to be the guy in that backfield. Um, I I do like that. Mixon kind of disappointed, but I really liked his role and I'm willing to go back to the well there. How about Kenneth Walker? We saw that he's clearly, I mean, I wouldn't call him the bell cow, but nearly a bell cow was catching passes out of the backfield. I think he's going to be popular at 5,800 going into the dome in Detroit, one of the higher team totals on the slate. Uh, we also, also, I mentioned Rashad White. I, I'm not sure if people are going to, people may look at the volume. Is it worth playing against the Bears? I'm not sure, but I could see both Walker and White 
maybe being higher owned than I don't know. Should they or should they not be? I mean, I mean, we also have Josh Jacobs seventy one hundred against Buffalo. No one likes playing Josh Jacobs. I mean, the public doesn't like playing Josh Jacobs. What do you see on these guys? Because these seem like kind of like the cash game. Like I could see myself playing Walker, Rashad White in my running back slots and like DraftKings double ups. But do you think that Walker still has a firm command, 80 plus percent snap share in this game? And the same thing for Rashad White. I think as long as they're healthy, I do think these guys are going to maintain like maybe not 80 plus percent throughout the whole season, but at bare minimum, 70 plus percent throughout the whole season. Um, I could see Charbonnet getting a little bit more involved in the passing game as the season goes on. You know, he was still kind of a little bit banged up towards the end of preseason. Um, And so I could see him gradually getting a little more involved, but I do think Walker will have a pretty strong stranglehold of the, the snaps for Seattle this year um, as long as he's healthy. And so I think he's probably one of the first kind of like cash game running backs I'd be putting into uh, my lineup. If he ends up getting 25 ish plus percent, this goes up throughout the week, then I'll, then I'll be underweight just because that's, that's a lot. Um, If I'm maybe I'll throw him into some lower own stacks. um, And those are the type of lineups that I'll play him in. Um, But Without considering ownership, I like Walker a lot. If it gets steamed up, I'm going to have to be strategic about when I use him. Let's talk about some wide receivers. I think two rookies may be a little bit popular this week on DraftKings. Currently, we have them on on our preliminary projected ownership. All these projections, all these ownerships, all these everything, all the tools, lineup HQ, you could get being a premium member here at Roto Grinders. Click on that link on the description. Get $10 off your first month. Zay Flowers for the Ravens. Is that target? I mean, I I, I think we could both say that he's not going to have a 45% target share for the whole season. But if Mark Andrews is back, is that going to greatly affect, especially with the new Todd Munkin defense, that uh, offense? Because uh, we saw Isaiah Likely. It's not like he he didn't do much. Uh, do you think, I think from a st- talent standpoint, Zay Flowers looks great, but do you think people are going to overvalue? I know 5K seems pretty cheap, even if he has like a 28% target share. Do you think against Cincinnati that with Andrews back, assuming he comes back, do you think people will overvalue, you know, the Flowers, you know, 45% target share in the first game? I do think, yes, that it likely gets overvalued, um, especially if Mark Andrews is back. If he's if Mark Andrews happens to be out again, I think Zay Flowers is a fantastic play, and then ownership would be the only reason you don't consider him. Um, but if Andrews is back, I would want to wait and see. I don't feel confident enough about that, especially at that projected ownership, that he's still going to get that many targets. Um, I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver um, for this team all year, but who knows what that is going to mean when Mark Andrews is back, when he's the one getting all the targets and they're still running the ball 20 times a game with various running backs, Jackson 10 times a game. Um, It may just not be enough to maybe he'll quote unquote, get value for 5k, but maybe you might not need him in a tournament, especially at that type of ownership. So 
what I like about Zay Flowers is he's inexpensive and I can pair him with a high end quarterback. And so likely my exposure to Flowers, if his ownership is high and if uh, Mark Andrews is back, will be only when I'm also playing Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. And also it makes sense from that game because recency bias on the Bengals after they, they crapped the bed last week, that easy runbacks there are Chase or Higgins. And yeah. there you go. Another another rookie that's very close in price that uh, we saw the Rams use, kind of like Cooper Cup in that first game. Is Puka Nakua a thing? Is that is that is that is that is or is that game gonna be the aberration and it's gonna be, you know, he's gonna turn into Ben Scrowin. It's possible. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be Ben Skoronek, but I mean, 15 targets is nuts. 15 targets is just crazy. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't think 15 targets will continue. I don't think he's going to go, uh, Stafford's going to go, all right, you're Cooper Cup for me until Cooper's back. I don't think that's going to be the situation, but 15 targets is a ton. I do think this will be the number one option for Stafford until um, until Cup gets back. But I don't think we can expect that same sort of insane volume uh, each and every week here. Um, that's a great question in chat. Like, why is Nakua 20% and Atwell 3%? Because of recency bias and because he got 15 freaking targets last game. And that's a lot. Whereas Atwell, he got eight. That's still good. Um, and so I feel like that's just a great one-for-one tournament pivot if you want to do that. But again, I don't think it's crazy in this spot to do something like, well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. San Francisco's defense tough, but the the Rams are a big underdog in this one. They're probably going to have to throw a lot. Why don't I try and play Stafford with Nakua, with Atwell, and with Higby? They're all cheap. And I get to, and then I'll get to play any expensive running backs and receivers I want with them. Right, and you could run that back with Ayuk or Debo or McCaffrey or any one of those guys. I think the difference between uh, uh, Puka, Puka Nakua, Nakua is that how you pronounce it? Nakua uh, is that I think Nakua and Higby are more negatively correlated to each other because we didn't see much out of Higby last week. Mm-hmm. It's primarily due to what the strengths of the receivers are because. Puka Nakua is like 6'2", two, two, he, Puka Nakua is more like Cooper Cup, right? Higby and Atwell's like, you know, some, Atwell's like 5'7", five, five, you know, he's a, uh, 
Deshaun the Jackson. Yeah. Right. He's a little speed guy, right? Type of thing. So the root tree for, for these guys are completely different. So obviously in a PPR scoring environment, you'd much rather play kind of the possession 11 a dot guy that may get, you know, eight to 10 targets. Then, you know, obviously ceiling is there for the, you know, 16 a dot guy that, you know, gets only six or seven. And then also like JWH says, if you throw what happened week one, Higby and Van Jefferson at 2% ownership is probably an even sweeter option. Yeah, 100%. The one thing with that is if you were playing Stafford and Atwell with Nakua, you don't really have to get more different than that anyways because Stafford's only going to be 2% owned. Atwell's only going to be 2% owned. So you're already going to be different enough with that. But yeah, you take out Nakua and you throw in Higby, you might be one of the only Ram stacks regardless of how big of the field you're doing with that combination. I'm not sure if um, you also have to consider for stacking and we'll talk about this on Friday's show. So that's quite possible that San Francisco rolls them and, yeah. and the Rams offense just isn't good. And none of these guys get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I so also, like, I, I might look at Naku as similar to how I look at Zay flowers this week where I'm going to try and like get overweight on their quarterbacks and get some game stacks in where I'm playing them, but then leave them out otherwise and go, well, that offense is going to suck or they're not going to be involved or they're going to be part of a shootout. And that's why they're getting their points and kind of take that stand. Okay. Let's take a look at some early NFL props and pick them. Right. We have uh, a bunch of stuff up on underdog and prize picks. I know, it, I don't know what the deal is uh, this year with uh, you know like DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, BetMGM, all the all the the, the regulated sites. They're putting up their props really late for NFL, much later than I remember last year. But uh, underdog and prize picks do have them up, and I know TJ that you have a couple of articles coming out. You know you do you do your prize picks stuff. And uh, before before we talk about that, I also want to show that if you're a premium member here, you get access to all our DFS and stat level projections. So all you could even download this as a CSV and use it on and put it into Excel and put it into other tools and anything to to organize this. But you know you could sort by you know FanDuel, DraftKings, Owners Box, Yahoo. But it gives you all the mean projections of you know passing yards, rushing attempts, targets, receptions, everything. These are updated. Obviously, we have timestamps on here. Now, you could just take these these columns and then compare them, right, properly, right? You have to convert means into medians and compare them to underdog and prize picks. Or if you're a premium member, you could use our fantasy pick'em tool for prize picks and underdog, right? So this is the this is the, the three-step making it easy as possible that we do here at Roto Grinders. So it'll show all of our projections for all the sports and even compare to what is on the sites. So it says like Josh Jacobs rushing yards projected 60. Uh, the projection is 65 and a half. And the projection here on our, uh, on our stat level projections show is rushing yards at 78.65. So based on that projection, it'll show his win percentage is 76.31%. So doing the more on Josh Jacobs, Right now, at when it's at 65 and a half, looks to be potentially plus EV. And to make it even easier for you, 
right? This feels like an infomercial, right? And there's more. If you're a Roto Grinders premium member, you also get access to our props and pickums uh, package, which shows all of our expert uh, picks and, and plays that typically that typically go along with our projections. And not just more, you could actually download the Chrome extension if you have Chrome for underdog and prize picks for Roto Grinders. And you can see here, I have it up on prize picks. Our projections will overlay over the, the squares on prize picks. They will go next to the projections on underdog. So you don't even have to look, right? You don't even have to look at this screen if you don't want to. You could just simply go to prize picks in your web browser and look and go compare the numbers of this number versus that number, that number versus this number. And this is for all the sports that we have statistical projections for. So this, this works for MLB. This works for uh, NBA. This works for tennis. This works for, for everything that we have stat level projections. You can get that here. Just download the Chrome extension. You'll have to sign in as a Roto Grinders premium member, right? And you're doing that by clicking on the link in the description, getting $10 off your first month. And it makes it so much easier to go up underdog and prize picks and compare those projections and get get it, get the best squares you can. On Where do I go to download that Chrome extension if I am a premium member? Well, you could go to the Chrome extension store and search for for Roto Grinders. But I mean, I'm assuming I'm assuming there's a link on the site. I'm assuming it's somewhere. I, I downloaded it so long ago. I don't even know. I don't even know where. Uh, well, that's what I, I want specifics. <laughs> it's probably here somewhere, right? Probably, um, probably under. It's <laughs> probably somewhere. You, you you stumped me. I don't know exactly where, where where you get it, but I think I think it's it's all to, you have to go to all tools. It's under the tools, right? You go here, there's, there's, the, there's, the, there's the, come on, it's somewhere. Here you go, fantasy pick them tool for prize picks. And it's it's around here somewhere. All right, I'll do some searching around for it as well. But uh, yeah, like you mentioned, I am going to have some uh, articles for prize picks specifically coming out this weekend for Thursday night football, Saturday, Sunday night football, Sunday night football, um for all those evening games and i'll be taking it one step further that's how i pick them in my uh my favorite places i look at those roto grinders projections compare them to prize picks and then i take it a step further i look at the blitz projections i compare them to prize picks and i find the ones that the roto grinders projections and blitz projections both agree with that have the biggest differential from prize picks and those are the ones that um and then not always the one for one the top three i don't just kind of pick those ones and go. I also mix in a little bit of what I think is going to happen in there. And then I write up my favorite picks for prize picks each uh, of the evening games. And you'll be able to find that up on Rotor Grinders. And then I also have uh, a weekly quarterback rankings and uh, for, for season long fantasy and um, a Sunday night football DraftKings and FanDuel uh, showdown slate uh, strategy article. So lots and lots of NFL stuff coming this weekend, this year. Gonna be a busy next two weekends though, because I'm at the Edmonton Expo the week this coming weekend and the following weekend. I'm hosting my my moderating my first panel at another comic convention. So uh, we got fun things coming up. Well, you can see here on the props and pick and package that our prop model, right? We even have prop model picks here. And this agrees because uh, we have uh, Justin Fields at a mean of 211 and a half passing yards. So it does show you here, right? One of our prop model picks, Justin Fields, more than 174 and a half passing yards on prize picks. It's 175 and a half 
on underdog, which means, I mean, obviously that that's still plus EV compared to our prop model, but you want to take the extra yard, right? If you find your stuff on prize picks, if find your stuff on underdog, compare the two to each other, try to try to get the best number and the best price. I mean, TJ, the one immutable fact about any type of sports betting is that if you can get the best price and the best number than the rest of the market by close, you're probably a profitable sports better. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I would agree with you there. Right. If you wait on this, you never know. Because by the end of the week, Justin Fields' prop may be 187 and a half. And you would have lost out on 13 yards. That gives you that cushion that over time, you make more money. So uh, so you'll be working on those, those props articles and pick them articles uh, for, for tomorrow, for Sunday, for Monday. Uh, before we get out of here, let's take a quick look at the MLB slate tonight. I know, uh, are you going to be on Grinders Live or Crunch Time later today? No, I will not be. Um, I will you're be. Norm- in- but you're normally on. Yeah, you're yeah. I'm usually on Grinders Live and Crunch Time. I did the morning grind with Stevie uh, for this slate, though, last night. And then uh, I'm going to be hosting the morning grind while he's away for the next couple evenings as well. Okay, so so you've you've already taken kind of a look on the slate. Uh, is it just uh, is is the is the quick and easy answer just play as much Hunter Brown at 8200 against the A's as you can? <laughs> that is what you're doing in cash, and I am playing probably zero Hunter Brown in tournaments just because of that hefty ownership for him today. I'm going to stack up the A's and their big park upgrade, um, and then pitching in this slate is honestly just gross stevie and i were going through it and it's a lot of high risk high reward guys but pretty much across the board um no one is in a good spot there's great pitchers and tough matchups there's bad pitchers and good matchups um and it's really going to be one of those days where we're looking at ownership and going oh they're high okay we're not playing them and uh finding some uh, lower owned guys to go with today because no one deserves outside of Hunter Brown. Yeah, he should be the highest owned guy, but he's not without risk. Um, and so it's really one of those days where you can go very off the board, play somebody you're uncomfortable with simply because they have low ownership and you like how your bats look. Also, it doesn't look like the type of slate where where there may be pitchers that even score like 20 plus points on DraftKings. Because a lot of these, I mean, a lot of these pitchers are in like pitch count situations where like how many pitches is Joey Lucchese can? I mean, not a lot of these pitchers like aren't going to pitch a hundred pitches. Alec March ain't going to pitch a pitch hundred pitches. Tanner Hawk ain't going to pitch a hundred pitches. Braxton Garrett ain't going to pitch a hundred pitches. It's like Zach Allen could, Hunter Brown could, Clevenger is not going to pitch a hundred pitches, right? I mean, Clark Schmidt ain't going to pitch. I mean, that Snell can, but will have seven walks in the process. I mean, it'll be the fourth inning. Uh, so I see, like, from a ceiling perspective. Like, I'm not sure if you, if you want to play like a cheap pitcher, like, I don't know if the opportunity cost is that, is that ridiculous? Cause it may be the slate where if you could combine for 30 points between both pitching slots on DraftKings, like dude, just get the right stack and you're probably good. Big time. And like Joey Lucchese could absolutely get you there. Tanner Houck, uh facing a watered down Yankees lineup could get you there as gross as that feels. Braxton Garrett, um, Jordan Montgomery, Yusei Kikuchi in a tough matchup. Ryan Pepio is someone, Pepiot, however you say his name, he's somebody that hasn't gone 
very many pitches so far. I think his ceiling has been 85, but they were up 10 nothing against Miami last game. They were up eight to one in the game before. He hasn't pitched in a close game yet, but he's been lights out. So he went 85 pitches in seven innings in his last game. It's a tough matchup versus San Diego, but if he could, if, if this is a close game, he could maybe get that extended to 95, 90, 92 pitches. Um, and all of a sudden that's uh he could smash for that price tag. So I think gallon is my favorite from a raw points perspective. And Brown is my favorite for a point per dollar, but gallon Brown and, and Clevenger are all picking up such an insane ownership on this slate where they could easily fail. Hunter Brown gets Oakland who has, and he gets hit hard and gives up a lot of power. Oakland has power. They strike out a lot, but they have power. And now they have a huge park upgrade going from Oakland to Houston. Mike Clevenger is Mike Clevenger. Sometimes he's great. Sometimes he's terrible. And Kansas city is exactly that too. And they've been smashing the ball lately. So um, he's probably has one of the better chances of being one of the higher point per dollar pitchers, but at almost 40% ownership, fade Zach gallon that's the one that scares me the most facing the Mets 30% ownership um but the Mets don't strike out a ton they can hit some people hard and gallon gets hit hard as well so if he's not striking these guys out they could get a couple home runs off of him and 30% ownership it's just he doesn't deserve to me to be three times as highly owned as Snell Snell it's scary against the Dodgers, but it doesn't matter who's he's, who he's playing when he's on. He probably has a higher ceiling than Gallon, lower floor, but a higher ceiling. Um, and he's coming in at a third of the ownership. Um, and it's the same with uh, Clevenger and uh, Clevenger and Hunter Brown. You can play Kikuchi. You can play Braxton Garrett, Pepiot, players with similar upside at similar prices at absolute fractions of the ownership. How about stack-wise? What stacks are you looking at today? Boston, Houston, um, the White Sox, the Dodgers are four teams that kind of stand out for me early. Um, and then the Oak, uh, just like from a raw points perspective, and then Oakland at low ownership going up against Hunter Brown, big park upgrade. They're going to be kind of like my favorite tournament stack to take advantage of. Um, that sounds like my type of play of like stack against the highest on pitcher. That isn't the great, like, I don't stack against Strider or anyone like that, but like Hunt, if Hunter Brown is like the best pitcher on the slate, like, dude, I don't mind playing bats against Hunter Brown. If no one's going to do it, why not? And if I was running like a three lineup type scenario, I definitely have one Oakland full stack. I'd have a Dodgers full stack against Snell, but then Snell would also probably be the pitcher in my Oakland stack lineup. Um, and then uh, I don't know what I would do yet for the third one. I just know I'd want to have one going against Snell and then one lineup with Snell and that I'd probably be going to cheap, cheap Oakland bat uh, bats to make that happen and then running a more expensive mini stack like Houston or Boston uh, and get like Cassis Endeavors alongside them. Uh, do you have any... MLB stuff uh, for prize picks or underdog today? No, I haven't looked at any uh, any pick'em stuff for that uh, yet. But um, I I have I have I, I get them I get them early. I get I get some of this stuff early. So uh, as of right now, if you compare the bat, I do very similar to you, like comparing the plate IQ projections and the bat projections, just like our NFL projections and the blitz projections. So I use like a combination approach. 
see what they both kind of agree with, at least directionally. And uh, as of right now on uh, prize picks, I, these are ones that I have, right? So it's not me just telling you like, oh, here's what I have Eduardo Rodriguez over five strikeouts. Uh, it, he's projected for nearly six on both projection sources. Uh, Joey Lucchese over three and a half. That's strikeouts. the first one that stood out for me as I just pulled right. it up too. I'm going to expect based on both projection systems that at some point that number is going to come up to four, right? Because you know, you know, if you've been playing prize picks on underdog, typically same thing in any type of sports betting. If you, if you make a, a, a pick, a wager, right? Anything, a square, anywhere. And by the, by the time, by three hours later, it's moved in your favor. You're probably good. If it's moved against you, you probably did something wrong. So like, Getting these numbers early, getting the best best number, the best price. So I'm going to expect, especially on these halves, you know, prize picks and underdog, they don't mind setting, you know, when the line is kind of like, oh, okay, we'll set it at six because then they get a ton of pushes. They don't have to worry about their their risk on the six and a half or the five and a half. So a lot of times, like Eduardo Rodriguez over five may not go to five and a half, right? I'm hoping it does, right? And I get it at five, but Ukazi, the half ones, and if you see if you see an edge on some half ones, one that 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 the plate IQ uh, disagrees a little bit than the bat is uh, Christopher Sanchez. I have the under four and a half strikeouts against the Braves. Uh, obviously, the Braves can strike out, but also they could uh, obviously uh, knock a pitcher out in two and a half innings, right? So uh, the the bat is typically lower on Christopher Sanchez than plate IQ. But I, I do have the under four and a half uh, there as well. And uh, obviously, all of our prize picks, underdog, sports bets, everything in our props and pick them package here at Roto Grinders. You see all these you know, PGA, NHL, NASCAR, college football. You see all the tabs up here. You could just get that if you want. If you don't even if you don't even want to deal, have you done with DFS? I'm sick of DFS. I'm sick of picking which Chiefs receiver is going to catch the touchdown and showdown, right? And you're just sick of it, and you just want to do props and pick them. Well, we allow you to do that. Obviously, it's a little bit cheaper, but we'd love to have the combo premium get you everything. Click on that link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month. Read read TJ's articles, which which will be coming out coming out soon. All I mean, dude. Dude, you go to the NFL page starting tomorrow, starting today even. Like it's just the content just goes here's an here's this, here's that, here's this. By Saturday, your your head explodes. Two other prize picks, uh, ones for the baseball slate. I want to throw in there that I really like as well. Raphael Devers more than one point five total bases, and Nolan Jones in Coors against Jamison Tyon terrible against lefties over one and a half bases as well. Okay, so there you go. So TJ, people could find you on on Twitter, TJ Zwarich. At TJ underscore Zwarich, 5-Z-W-A-R-Y-C-H. I'm basically exclusively posting about fantasy sports and sports betting, my Roto Grinders content. There it is on the screen right there. Uh, uh, there, there. Um, you also and, tweet about comic books and stuff. And, and yeah, and uh, movies, movies and TV. Um, so I run a website called Agents of Fandom where we cover movies, TV, comics, gaming, anime, um, all that fun stuff. And uh, I'm straight from this going to write a review on the latest episode of Ahsoka on Disney Plus, the new Star Wars show. Um, and then, yeah, I got a lot of uh, comic expos and conventions coming up. I got 
Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and then New York Comic Con coming up in October. Ooh. But you're down to show up uh, at 11 in the morning Eastern for some of the, some of these shows to help me out. In oh, the morning, yeah. right? Right. There's the new the new format here. Used to be the pregame show. I used to answer a ton of more questions uh, from the chat. Repeat myself a lot of the time. But now we we get you started in the morning, right? This is kind of like the morning grind, but it's kind of like you know, what are people thinking about today? And when NFL when NFL is happening, right? It doesn't matter, right? It could be Wednesday. People are still thinking about building their their lineups for Week Two, the biggest contest there. But we got MLB today. Uh, we got Grinders Live later today for MLB. Crunch Time to Follow is presented by FanDuel. That's free. Uh, so click on that subscribe, subscribe to the channel. Click on the notification bell. You'll always know when the new live shows and new content comes out on the YouTube channel. So for TJ, I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blenderette. I'll see you tomorrow, right? Monday through Friday, I'm here. 11 o'clock in the morning, Eastern, on Roto Grinders, today. Thank <laughs> you.